Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 3. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before. For day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jarn Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome. Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, the 2nd of November. Good to have you aboard. Part of the Believe Podcast Network. And presented, as always, by our title sponsor, Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, Week 9 of the NFL season begins tonight. Steelers and Titans. The Panthers are back in action tonight. Finally, my favorite little hockey team coming off a loss a few nights ago in Boston. I fucking hate the Bruins. And you got the Heat last night, who have the worst record in the Eastern Conference. But as you can tell, there's so much going on. The World Series ended last night as well. Rangers are world champions. The last of the major pro sports got going last week, being the NBA. It's off and running. College basketball is ready to go as well. Bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL, all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. 
all the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to the Bet Online website today. Remember, use your promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, yes, World Series champion Texas Rangers. Great game. Zach Allen went into the sixth, sixth or seventh with a no hitter. He would end up giving up a run that inning. In the ninth, the Rangers would tack on four more. Five nothing. Rangers win the series in five. They are world champions for the first time. Corey Seager, he might be top Jew. I feel like Corey Seager's Jewish. I can't confirm it anywhere. He might be top Jew. Corey Seager becomes the second player to win the World Series MVP with two different teams. Dodgers, Rangers, of course, the only other one, Reggie Jackson, Athletics, Yankees. How about that? Just the second time in Major League Baseball history. That's If this was big deal or not a big deal, that's big deal. Amazing, amazing job. So World Series MVP, second player, second position player, I think, to win World Series MVP with two different teams. Koufax, uh, no, no, Koufax won multi, no, no, no. Second player to do it with two different teams. Koufax, of course, did it twice with the Dodgers. So, yeah, second player to do it with two different teams. That's amazing. All right. But, we, oh, we, we, uh, everybody settle down. We got an action-packed show today. Week 9 getting started tonight. That means Thursday, fantasy football. Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports fantasy football expert. You know he joins us on Thursdays. We're going to get him to help us set our lineup. The Dolphins are in Germany. Travis Wingfield. Dolphins Drive Time Podcast. Host the Dolphins pre and post game on the Dolphins Radio Network. Travis Wingfield is going to join us on the show today. We'll talk about the Dolphins defense with Jalen Ramsey. We'll talk about Tua. Have to ask him. I mean, Tua, Tyreek, who's the MVP? I think the Dolphins are ready to win this weekend. I re- I am very confident. Like I could have told you, I think the Dolphins are going to win in Buffalo. I think they're going to win in Philadelphia. I'm I'm really confident in the Dolphins going into Ger- Ger- in Germany this weekend. Uh, compared to those two games, those were at those two teams. This is a neutral site on the road. <laughs> that obviously plays a big role. I think this Dolphin team is ready to win this weekend. I think things are lining up well for them. You're coming off of a, a poor performance for Kansas City. Mahomes was sick. The game being in Germany. The Dolphins getting healthy. Tyreek and Tua, they're clearly on a different level. Tyreek going up against his former team. You know there's some extra juice right there. I think, and the Dolphins, their third opportunity now against a big-time team to get a big-time win. Got got to prove you're not a fraud. I really believe the Dolphins are so ready for this game this weekend. I think the Dolphin fan is going to feel fantastic on Monday morning. Monday morning, you're going to feel fantastic by lunchtime on Sunday. So I'm very excited for the Dolphins this weekend. We'll talk to Jamie Eisenberg, Jamie Eisenberg for fantasy football. We'll talk to Travis Wingfield. We'll talk Dolphins and Chiefs with him. The Heat, as excited as I think you're going to be with the Dolphins on Sunday. That's how disappointed you are in your favorite little basketball team, the Miami Heat, right now. The Heat look like a bad team. Right now, the new pieces that we thought would be big improvements for this team have been, have been disappointing. Very disappointing. Number one, you could start with Josh Richardson. Well, first, 
Let's start with the game. They blew a 16-point lead against a team that was featuring G-Leaguers off the bench. They blew a 16-point lead against a team that benched their best player, Michael Bridges, to start the second half. They blew a 16-point lead against a team led by Ben Simmons, who I keep hearing how, you know, how much better he's doing this year. He was non-existent to me. Like, he makes no impact as far as I'm concerned. They lost to a Nets team that you should have been able to put away on your home floor. And instead, for, yeah, the fifth consecutive game, well, four out of five, because they played a good fourth quarter in Milwaukee. They made it a game late. Four out of five games, the Heat in the fourth quarter have been pitiful. And they are a 19-point blown lead and a one, almost a 19-point blown lead, and a one-point win, a Cade Cunningham three-point miss at the buzzer against a lowly Detroit Piston team away from being 0-5 to start this season. The Heat have the worst record in the Eastern Conference. They have the second-worst record in the NBA. Only the Memphis Grizzlies at 0-5 are worse than them. The Heat right now look like the Pits. There's no other way to put it. They look terrible. And coming off an offseason, we already been through this, where the Heat fan was on the team about not making any moves, not getting a deal done. I feel like this is one of those cases, like the end of last year, where the Heat fan wanted them to lose the play-in so that there could be major, you know, offseason ramifications. I feel like we're, we're getting close to a spot, even though we're five games in, which shows you what a disaster the start of the season is. I feel like we're getting close to a spot, even though we're just five games in, where the Heat fam is going to want them to continue losing these games to force the team to make a major dramatic move. And that's not usually the Heat's M.O. I mean, Pat Riley kind of used to do that when he first got here. He would make dramatic changes like that. The league's different now. But I feel like the Heat fan is going to get to a place real soon that they want the losses. They want these early losses to force some type of major shakeup. And here's the thing. The piece that you would use to make a major shakeup, Tyler Hero, the piece that you would dangle out there to make a big move, he looks awesome. Now, Bams looked very good as well, but Tyler's looked amazing. He was great again last night. Tyler... Tyler had 30 points last night. He's your only reliable offensive option. And so like, and by the way, if you want to actually hit rock bottom, you lose on Friday at home to the Wizards. Forget that it's an in-season tournament game. That's right. This Friday at home against Washington counts as a group play game for the in-season tournament. Forget about, you know, losing that game because it's an in-season tournament game. The Wizards are like the stupidest team in the league. The most uninteresting, nondescript team there is, led by that trash player, Jordan Poole. He's trash. Bouncing the ball off the backboard, down by 20. That's a trash player. You want to hit rock bottom? You lose Friday night at home to Washington. But, and it's only only five games in. Jaime Jaquez Jr. got the start last night because you had Kevin Love who was out. I mean, the injuries, Love's out. Martin's still out. Going into the game. This guy's questionable. This guy's questionable. Fucking enough with the injuries. And the guys who we figured, and when we say we, I mean me, right here, hand up. The guys who we figured 
were going to be big additions for this team who are going to help them be better than last year in addition to Tyler Hero returning, they've been disappointing. Josh Richardson last night. Josh Richardson, Jaime Jaquez Jr., Duncan Robinson. Three guys who we figured can go a long way toward helping this team be better than last year. I say Robinson because he hardly played last year, and he was very good in the postseason. He's going to play in the regular season. Jaquez Jr., he's clearly going to play early on, although with the way that he has struggled recently, he, coach may hold him out. I could see for a few games, hey, maybe you're not ready just yet. Josh Richardson. I feel like Josh Richardson was going to be an upgrade over Gabe Vincent. Richardson, Jaquez Jr., Robinson. They combined to shoot four for 26 last night. You can't win like that. Two for 17 from three from those guys. Horrible. And I like that Jaquez Jr. has the confidence to keep shooting, but he was 0 for 5 from 3 by the end of the first quarter. At some point, hey, you know what? I don't have it. Let me go to the basket. And I like what I see from Hawkes. I like that he had the confidence to keep shooting there. I like the activity. But at some point, when he's getting the minutes this early in his rookie season, at some point, he's got to be productive. It can't just be, we, we know he's going to be really good. He's going to help us. It has to get to a point where he, he helps them. Richardson, awful last night. Hawkes Jr., awful last night. Robinson, awful last night. Lowry, Lowry runs around for 30 minutes. I don't know what he does. Half the time he gets the ball, he doesn't even look at the hoop. You're, you're on the penalty kill when you have the ball and he's out there. I don't know what he does out there. Play 30 minutes. I don't know what his purpose is. I don't know how he helps the team. And, and look, Josh Richardson played 30 minutes last night. It was a total non-factor. Right now, everyone who's... Here's the, this, this is a tough pill to swallow. Because right now, everyone who said a Miami offer to Portland was shit. They could offer this, 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 this. Ah, that offer's shit. And we're pushing back against... This is a good offer. Everyone who claimed that what the Heat could offer Portland, if Joe Cronin wasn't a cockroach, what the Heat could offer them, that's shit. And we're pushing back on it. Right now, they were right. Now, forget the Tyler Hero part. They're wrong about that because Tyler Hero is awesome. But the other pieces, Hakez, he struggled. Jovich, he doesn't play. All those people who were pointing fingers and yelling at us that this offer ain't shit right now, they're right. And and look, for folks who are I'm getting these messages, why isn't Spo playing Jovich? Don't you think that if Eric Spolstra, the best coach in the NBA, thought that Nikola Jovich can help them, they're one in four. If he thought that Jovich can help them, don't you think he would play him? And it's not like, ah, oh, they don't play young guys. Hakez Jr. has five games to his name as a pro. Jovich at least played professional overseas. And he's in his second year with the team. Spo sees him every day. And clearly does not believe he can help this team right now. And look, based on what I've seen so far, I agree. I don't think he looks ready. But the whole, why doesn't he play Jovich? Spo like, can the coach get the benefit of the doubt? Clearly, 
He doesn't believe he can help the team. So right now, I, again, you you want to you want to know what it feels like to hit rock bottom? Wait till Friday night. And I think there are Heat fans who are going to start to be okay with the losses because they want major change. And you're certainly not going to get any kind of major change until mid-December because that's when all the trades can really happen when a bunch of the new contracts that were signed, those players become trade eligible. But right now, this team is the pits. The only thing to feel good about is Tyler Hill. He looks great. You know what's another thing, actually, that you can feel good about? So, tributes all throughout the game last night to Dr. Jack. That was so fucking cool. I I hate, by the way, like, I, I put out a tweet, oh, this is so awesome, this tribute that Bally Sports Heat, the Miami Heat that they're doing for Dr. Jack, and then I get, you know, people respond, I wish I could see it. So, I guess on the streaming app for Bally, they've had a lot of problems recently. Last night was another one of those nights where... You couldn't even get the game. Like, you couldn't log in. And Bally Sports, across the country, I believe, sends out the message. We're having technical issues. This Bally Sports fucking sucks. There's no other way to put it. They have sucked for years. Remember all the audio problems last year with the Panthers? I don't think there have been any problems yet this year. But Bally Sports fucking sucks, man. Now, I guess this is for people who have the app where your streaming service provider doesn't carry the regional sports network, so you have to get it a la carte. For me, it's included. I have DirecTV Stream, so I haven't had this problem. Bally is included in my package. But, I mean, if I couldn't get the Heat games to the Panther games because Bally doesn't have their act together, I'd be so fucking mad. I feel bad for you guys. And I feel bad you weren't able to see the Dr. Jack tributes. For those of you guys who are too young, like you're a Heat fan who's like 25 years old. You, you never heard Dr. Jack. Eight years with the team, early 90s, and oh my god, the greatest. The greatest. Eric Reed, Dr. Jack, that's the, not Eric Reed, former 7-9 ticket midday host, I don't know what he does. Eric Reed, Dr. Jack Ramsey, the OG, they're not the first, not the first team, the OG Miami Heat TV broadcast team, the all-time best Miami Heat TV broadcast team, Dr. Jack was incredible. And, and just... Here in the old... I got goosebumps. I was getting emotional watching the clips last night. They did such a good job showing you that stuff and putting it together. And I guess they have the, the Dr. Jack Media Memorial Center, whatever it is. And I guess that's where the radio are broadcasting from now. They kind of redid that area. I, I'd like to see it. It, look, it looked like it was probably really cool. Uh, I'm really glad that... <coughs> excuse me. They were able to honor Dr. Jack and... For those who don't know about him, you got to hear some of the clips, watch some of the calls, and for those who loved him, he was a part of the soundtrack of my childhood. For those who loved him, you were able to relive some of those memories again last night. I got emotional watching it. I did. I had such a huge smile on my face. I loved it. I hope you guys enjoyed it the way that I did. Crusher, Slammer, Stuffer, Thunder, Thunder, Leonard, and of course, this away. That away! Hot away! That man! That man! Tim! Hot away! Oh my god. It, it was... Oh, I got goosebumps right now. Such a great job by the team putting that together last night. All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer 
of the program. Johnny Cuba, European roots with that Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. You can pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco, Imas, and of course, always drink responsibly. And don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Joining us here, Dolphins Drive Time Podcast, pre- and post-game host, Miami Dolphins Radio Network, Travis Winkfield. Travis, good morning. And, and it's funny, I I go online this morning and I, I want to check on the status of a few guys, you know? So one of the first, uh, I click on Raheem Mostert. You know, he he missed practice yesterday. He's been missing Wednesday practice. It seems like it's a maintenance thing, but I, I go on, I click on it because there's news and it says, he practiced on Thursday. He looks good to go. I'm like, practiced on Thursday? It's 8 a.m. What do you mean he practiced on Thursday? They're in the future over there in Germany. It's a weird adjustment that they're so far ahead of us out there, you know? Six hours ahead. And to that point, I was watching the clips of practice on Thursday early in the morning. And I was thinking to myself, like, gosh, it's always so gloomy over there. But today here in South Florida, gloomy as hell outside. So I guess the weather kind of reflecting each other. But yeah, it is, it's a weird dynamic, uh, that 9.30 a.m. kickoff. I used to live on the West Coast, so the 6.30 kickoff for yeah. the older national games – I don't know how you do it out there. I mean, I guess I've done it before, but it's it's not fun. Do you like the not like you don't want it every week, but I kind of dig it. I'm going to wake up early on Sunday. I'm going to watch the Dolphins game and and then hopefully it sets my mood right for the rest of the action. I always say nothing is better than like the best part about winning is watching the rest of the games and the rest of the content that comes out for no the stress. following week after a win. So you have a chance to have a perfect Sunday or you have a chance maybe you just go have some family time on Sunday if you lose. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's let's talk about what we're expecting this weekend. I, I think they're ready for this game, man. I do. Um, it's been frustrating that they've had two opportunities to beat good teams. Most recently, two weeks ago in Philadelphia. I've made a big case of this on my show. I'd much rather lose to the good teams than lose to the bad teams. It seems that, uh, you know, there aren't many people who feel that way. You're you're only a fraud if you lose to good teams. You're not a fraud if you lose to bad teams, which uh, seems ass backwards to me. But this is another opportunity for the Dolphins this weekend. And I think they're catching the Chiefs at a good time. I think they luck out a little bit that the game is in Germany as opposed to in Kansas City. And I, I think they're ready to win this game. That's that's kind of how I feel as well. I mean, I think it's kind of been building towards this ultimate crescendo, which is funny to say at week nine in the NFL season, because, you, you know, Zaslow, if they win the game, all that stuff goes away. Right. And to that point, I, I'm I could not agree with you more. Like I keep seeing people tell that have our same viewpoint, tell those fans like this isn't college football. Well, in college football, when you lose to Bama or Georgia or, you know, formerly Clemson, those were losses that you could have on your resume and still make the college football playoffs. So losing to the best teams, like you said, by the formula is way better than losing to, you know, a Giants team or whoever the heck you might have, the Patriots, whoever some of these top teams have lost to over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, in, in terms of this game, it's a big one. I, I said it on my podcast, I believe this could be what decides home field advantage in the AFC. I believe the Dolphins are that good. I believe the Chiefs obviously are that good, but yeah, you talk about, you know, getting back to full strength, and we'll see what happens on the offensive line. Teron Armstead looks pretty happy to be out there kind of dancing around at practice on Thursday. So if he comes back, that's huge. I do worry about the potential of having both your backup guards in, although I do believe that Lester Cotton and Rob Jones can play. 
Uh, Rob Hunt would be a big loss if he can't go. But on the other side of the ball, like I, I watching that tape against the Patriots, the impact that Jalen Ramsey had really kind of solidified to me in my mind what I thought the Vic Fangio defense might look like going back to, you know, was it February when they hired him, whenever it was. And then you acquire Jalen Ramsey. It's like, okay, this defense might look like this. I think they had a hard time accounting for his loss. But with him back, it looked a lot different. I think the coverage and rush marry up together. And that alone with a KC offense that is kind of one-dimensional right now, you know, pretty much only has Kelsey as a go-to reliable target. I like the Dolphins' chances on that side of the ball to get some stops. Well, that's also why, you know, talking about this defense, you know, all right, they, they held, you know, their opponent last week to 17 points. But but that's a Patriot offense that that is really terrible, okay? And so they gave up 31 to Philadelphia the week before. But I actually think the defense made a bunch of big plays in that game. I, I feel like you're trending in the right direction after that game. Denver just held Kansas City to nine points. So it, it feels like the Dolphins' defense, th- this is a major measuring stick for that defense. You can't. You can't have Mahomes come out there this weekend, and I get it, he's Patrick Mahomes, but it'd be a bad look for this Dolphin defense then for the progress that you're thinking that they've made if they come out and they give up 30 points, even in a win, but if they come out and give up 30 points to Kansas City. Yeah, because then all of a sudden the narrative shifts back to where you're going to see Josh Allen in Week 18, you're going to see Lamar Jackson in Week 17, and these are the quarterbacks that, you know, the Dolphins, they they tend to beat up on these, like you mentioned, the bad offenses, but these elite level quarterbacks always seem to give them fits. And I guess, you know, keeping it in perspective, those quarterbacks tend to do that to most teams. But if you want to be a serious contender, a team that can go, you know, whether it's home or on the road in January, win a big football game to put yourself in position to compete for a championship, you're going to have to have some stops against teams like this that have these quarterbacks. And again, I, I keep going back to Ramsey because my confidence in the Dolphins ability to win this game would not be anywhere near what it is if you didn't have Ramsey, because I just view him as this piece that can elevate the rest of the defense in the way that Tyreek Hill elevates the rest of the offense, you know, create some of those lanes for Jalen Waddle to score a wide open touchdown to close off the game on Sunday against the Patriots or the running game to get the, you know, the cushion that the defense gives them when they, you know, they have to cover Hill down the field and you create lack of hats in the box against the running game. But Ramsey, like this dude can, erased Travis Kelsey. He did it last year. They faced the the Rams and Bucks play or not the Bucks. The Rams and uh Chiefs played last year and Kelsey had one for 39. It was a touchdown, but he also of the other two targets he received against Ramsey, one was a pass breakup, one was a pick. If you get that this week from Kelsey, one for 39 for a touchdown and a pick on the targets he gets, the Dolphins are going to win this game going away. So I think that the Dolphins getting Ramsey back and the ability to basically maybe shadow Travis Kelsey because his entire game is search for soft spots and screw the route concept. I'm just going to go to where there's open space. If you have a guy shadowing him, he can't do that. And then I'm not sure how this chief's offense beats you. You know, I, I feel like it happens in sports, not just football, but where your, your favorite team acquires a player, a player who's really good. And you know, he's really good, but you don't realize actually how good he is until you get to watch him every game. Like, wow, I, I did not realize that's who he is. And yes, it's only been one game with Jalen Ramsey, but I feel like it was pretty apparent immediately that, wow, I, I, I know everyone tells me how great Jalen Ramsey is, but I look at him on the field and he just, may, maybe the throwback uniforms have a little bit to do with it. They're the best uniform. I mean, I don't, it's, it'll, 
forever be a mystery why the Dolphins don't go back to it permanently. I mean, only everyone thinks they should. I don't get it. But Jalen <laughs> Ramsey looks like the best player on the field. And I feel like it's going to be one of those situations where, wow, I didn't realize how good he was until I got to watch him every week. I was wondering how far you were going to take the uniform tangent there. I, I appreciate that you finished off there with the completion at the end there. And it does seem to be the uh, prevailing narrative there that, that everyone seems to love those throwbacks. But yeah, and you know, his just the way he was able to like in that game, they would run three by one sets with three to the short side of the field, but there's less space and it would be Ramsey all by himself on Devonte Parker, or you know, they might motion out Zeke Elliott, which, you know, that's a matchup. The Dolphins are going to take every time, or maybe it's, you know, Hunter Henry, whoever it was, they were giving Ramsey, you know, two thirds of the field to cover by himself. And the Patriots still had no interest in throwing the football to that side and you kind of wonder maybe part of that is that he's so good, but also because your other cornerback, Xavier Howard's not up for the game. So we're going to just attack that side of the field because they don't have their premier guy out there right now. But if X comes back and I posted this on Twitter this morning, when X had games with Byron Jones, he averaged 0.4 picks per game. It was like t- 12 of his picks in like 32 games or something like that. And the other 63 games in his career, he has like 17 picks, which works its way out to like 0.2 picks per game. So his interception production doubles when he has a premier lockdown corner. And we can debate Byron Jones's value uh, over those two years that he was here. But the point is, when you have a sticky man cover guy on the opposite side, all of a sudden X playmaking and ball hawking doubles in terms of production. So I think that you can now have the Dolphins' ability to just lock down either side of the field. Javon Holland can kind of roam between there and hunt. It just makes everything so much better because of the space that Ramsey can take away and force more targets towards Javon Holland, towards Xavier Howard, and that better coverage helps the pass rush. It just it's all better because, like you mentioned, he is the best player in the field when he's out there. How does Ramsey normally operate when it comes to the best receiver on the field? Like, will he follow him around? Will he switch sides? What what do we expect there? Yeah, he does a little bit of all of that. I mean, it's I, I view it or I compare it to what Nick Saban did with Mika Fitzpatrick at Alabama, where he essentially played the role that wherever they're strongest, we're going to put you in there. So whether it's, you know, Cooper Cup in the slot or Travis Kelsey or, you know, even the buck with Rob Gronkowski, he matched up on him a lot when they when they faced up head to head. So I will see. I wonder how much Vic wants to get him more comfortable in the defense before he does that. Although there's so much carryover here with what he played with the Rams to this Dolphins defense now. So I would expect, I, I would I would assume I should say, to see him travel with Kelsey a lot, but I can't guarantee that. We'll see. Sorry to break up the conversation here, guys, but I want to make sure that you got the best homeowner's insurance out there. And that's why I direct you to Brunt Insurance. I've been getting my homeowner's insurance from Brunt Insurance for about 10 years now. And I keep going back, I keep going back, I keep renewing because I know I have the most comprehensive coverage out there and I'm getting it at the most affordable rate there is. You know, some of you guys, you're listening now on the west coast of Florida, God forbid you got some damage to your home because of the storm yesterday. Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204 or you go to bruntinsurance.com and yes, anywhere in Florida, Brunt Insurance has you covered. They have locations all throughout the state. So you could be calling from Pensacola or all the way down to the Keys and beyond. Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance 
His fully licensed staff, they have the expertise, they have the experience, they know what area you're calling from. So they're going to know exactly what type of coverage you need, what kind of policies you have to make sure you have. Hey, that also includes trailers and motorhomes. Let the team at Brunt Insurance help you learn more about your policy options so you're making an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. And you don't even have to own your home. Renter's insurance, condo insurance, All the options out there. It could make your head spin. Brunt Insurance specializes in making the confusing crystal clear. When you call 954-589-2204, you're making the right call. Bruntinsurance.com, the only insurance agency that I'm going to send you to. You know, I, I think some Dolphin fans, especially when you see Chase Young went to San Francisco for a third round pick. Like, why, you know, why didn't the Dolphins make some type of move at the trade deadline? And I, I really think the Dolphins trade deadline move is getting Jalen Ramsey and getting back Xavier Howard and getting back Javon Holland and getting back Connor Williams and getting back Devon Achan. I, 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 so just the idea that they had to go out there and, and make some type of trade because, you know, you want to go for it. These are major pieces that they're getting back either at the trade deadline or around the trade deadline. The biggest pieces, I mean, the the number of all pros that you had on your IR prior to Ramsey coming back with he and Teron Armstead. And then, I mean, was there a better running back in the NFL than Devon Achan when he played? Like, he looked like the best back in the league. We saw Jameer Gibbs go crazy on Monday night and kind of show some of the rare speed and burst that he had to the corner. Like, HN was better than that when he was playing. So, yeah, in terms of, you know, getting back a lockdown left tackle who, you know, anybody that wanted to detract from Tua Tunga Bailoa and Zaslow, you and I are not those people. Fortunately, anyone that wanted to take away from what Tua was doing last year would say, well, here's his stats without Teron Armstead, even though it was like 50 snaps against the 49ers. Like, okay, cool stat. But now that Teron hasn't played, Tua has put that to the side. So th- the point of that argument is that Teron is one of the best left tackles, and you can – Again, like Ramsey, you can change the entire way your protection scheme looks because you can slide your help away from Tehran, and he's probably going to beat whoever he faces one-on-one 59 out of 60 snaps in a given game. You talk about Achan, the electricity that he provides. Like, And we've seen some of these runs and these lanes open up, whether it's, you know, Moster usually hits them, but whether it's Savon or Jeff or someone else, like good players, but they don't have the speed and the explosiveness to turn these 15-yard runs into 75-yard touchdown runs the way that Achan did. And that just changed the way defenses played you. So I think it all goes back to that original point with Ramsey, where he makes the, the whole defense better. Teron Armstead makes the entire offensive line better. Devon Achan makes this offense more explosive because he creates more space in the same way that Tyreek Hill does. I, I wouldn't have made any moves either because I believe that the Dolphins are, are going to be this good team for the next couple of years, just based on who they have. But I think it's going to be paramount for them in these next couple of draft classes to find two, three, four players on rookie contracts who could contribute for the next four or five years. I think it's going to be vital for Miami to be able to sustain the success to do that. So I like not moving future assets. And like you said, banking on, to me, what's the best roster in the NFL. So Xavier Howard wanted to play apparently a couple weeks ago against Carolina. They didn't, they're protecting him from himself. Then he still doesn't play last week as Jalen Ramsey makes his return. I'm not going to say, I, I, I'm not saying that they're holding him out, but are they Are they essentially, do you believe that they're being extra cautious, A, because they, they look at their record, they do have a great record, and B, 
they, they know where they're going to be in the second half of the season. I I think getting these guys back when they're getting them back, the injury at the early part of the season, I think it's going to be a blessing in disguise for these guys. I really do. So how careful do you think the Dolphins are being with some of these injured players where it's like, you know, especially Xavier Howard, look, we're playing Carolina. Chill. All right, look, Jalen's returning this week. Chill. Let's make sure you're a thousand percent. I know you could play. Let's make sure you're a thousand percent because it's going to benefit you and it's going to benefit us. And doesn't that kind of speak to the argument we had at the top of the show with style points or, you know, the fraudulent talk like the Dolphins come out against a Patriots team that just beat Buffalo, by the way. And you and I both agree the Patriots are not a good team this year, but they did beat Buffalo the week prior. And you're down, like we just talked about, all the guys that you're down, you still controlled that game pretty much for three quarters. The first quarter wasn't great, but after that, you never had fear the Dolphins were going to lose that game. Like you mentioned, the Panthers game, never in doubt. Even at 14-0, I wasn't even in doubt in that game. The Giants game, they were down so many key parts, never even close to being in doubt. And your ability to do that while kind of resting these guys and protecting them from themselves, like you mentioned, I think that the the play, the player who tried to test it out and kind of inform the Dolphins that this is the right way to approach this and kind of use this load management. And you even look at, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle's snap counts. Like they are not right. what other number one and two receivers are. They are like yep. 75% every single week. Let's rest these guys, make sure they're not burning them out. It feels like but they're the being careful. It feels yeah, like it. I, it's, and I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Chris Kaufman, but he had a great thread about the link between McDaniel and Eric Spolstra and how they kind of have some overlapping, um, you know, philosophy and what a, who better to take philosophy from than Eric Spolstra. But, you know, they, in that Giants game, they brought Connor Williams back and McDaniel had alluded to the fact that he felt that it was a little bit of a setback for him. And so, you know, McDaniel's not stupid at all. He knows that last year, the reason this team was not competitive down the stretch was because of the attrition at quarterback, offensive line, and the defensive backfield. Well, like you mentioned, who's healthier right now than the Miami Dolphins? Like every team has a million injuries and the Dolphins are getting back. And we'll see if it plays out that way over the final 10 weeks of the season. But the way I view it, Zaslow, was like everyone wanted to win that Philly game. And I think that was for perception's sake, because technically the five games against NFC teams every year are your least important games. If you dump one or two of those and you win the rest of your games, like so be it, you'll be the number one seed. And so for Miami, yeah, it would have been nice to win that game and quiet all the talk. But in terms of the importance of standings and getting home games in January, if teams have to come through Hard Rock Stadium in January, I'm sorry, but the Dolphins are favorites to go to the Super Bowl if that's the case. And if you win this game, you are in the catbird seat to do yeah. that. So resting up for this game with the bye week coming after, it just seems all perfect. And I'm with you, man. Like, to, I, I think it's the best roster in the NFL. And from an injury standpoint, they might be the luckiest right now. It could change any week. But right now, they have one of the best-looking injury reports in the NFL because of, I think, this patience they've shown. Yeah, I, I really think they're ready for this game this weekend. I'm with you, man. Uh, it's made me a little bit nuts, the commentary around Tua recently, okay. because, you know, especially coming from, uh, you know, assholes up in New England where where Tua, you know, he's got all the help around him. That, that's why he's, you know, having the success he's having. And it's like, he was the number five overall pick in the draft. If he didn't get hurt, he was maybe going to go number one overall in the draft. For several years, the mantra around the NFL was tank for Tua so you could build your franchise around him. He's Whether you think that he's being aided by the cast around him or not, 
he literally was the kind of prospect who is supposed to do exactly what he is doing right now. So it, he wasn't the last pick. It wasn't Brock Purdy. And that's not a, 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 I'm not trying to put down Brock Purdy, but make that case about Brock Purdy. He was the last pick in the draft. Tua was selected specifically to carry your franchise. So th- that kind of commentary around him, it makes me crazy. Uh, I mean, you're preaching to the choir. And I, I talked to my boss who, you know, we kind of go over podcast topics and just general thoughts about the team and how to approach coverage. And he always tells me, Travis, you're, you're too online. You're too on Twitter where you see all this stuff. And it's, it's so funny to me that we get this kind of, I, I hope a referendum on how people view quarterback play because everybody wants to get excited about, you know, the, the frozen rope throws across your body, 50 yards down the field, or the ability to, you know, have a Randall Cunningham or a Michael Vick type of escape and touchdown run. And those are cool. They're great to have it. I think if Tua had that type of scramble ability, he would literally be unstoppable because of how you have to defend him. But and I see all these, you know, analytics people on Twitter that just post charts and two was always, you know, top right two of my favorite part about the graphs. And they, they've asked themselves, like, how is two in this position? I could not believe that I saw Tua here. What a surprise to see Tua in this position on the chart. It's like, bro, no, that's just because he's really good. Like, just adjust your model to account for the fact that this guy's a really good quarterback. Or now all of a sudden I saw one guy saying that uh, air yards, average air yards per attempt was no longer a stat that he cared about because now all of a sudden two of his tops in that one too. So, you know, give me the anticipation, give me the accuracy, give me the pre-snap processing to know where the ball should go and to know if they take this away. Now I have this availability. He's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. He gets the ball out faster than any quarterback in the league. He's one of the most accurate. The only thing that makes him not Dan Marino is he doesn't have the laser rocket arm everything else that made marino great that people kind of sleep on is what tua has and like at what point does he finally get the recognition i think maybe an mvp and a trip to the super bowl like that might be what it takes but that's where he's trending right now well so let's talk about that here uh, before we wrap up like how do we parse through that where it's it's a quarterback award usually the mvp but Tyree Kill is on pace right now, even through 16 games, is on pace to be the first ever 2,000-yard wide receiver. So it's it's a, a chicken and egg situation. How do we parse through who the MVP of the league should be in that spot if you got Tua doing what he's doing, but you got Tyree Kill doing what he's doing? Yeah, I, I I mean, it is a quarterback award, like you mentioned. I saw, I think, Robert Griffin III had listed both Tyreek and A.J. Brown as one and two. And it's like, I commend your, you know, kind of creativity, but it's it's not going to go that way. It never does. And I think that it's it comes down to the simple fact that the quarterback touches the ball every single play. And as great as I think Tyreek Hill has been as a blocker, which is a necessity in this offense, for Tua or for a quarterback, like, they get the play call in. They communicate, you know, the play call and then maybe some things to look for to the rest of the offense. They then make their checks. They, you know, can switch the runs either side of the formation. Like everything the offense does is constructed through the quarterback. And there's a reason why, I, I mean, I, I think the easiest way to look at this is to go back to last year when Tua wasn't playing. What did this offense look like? They, they, they weren't functional, right? So the quarterback is what makes the entire engine go. And it's, I think the argument opens up four receivers for Tyreek Hill because it's Tua. If it was Mahomes, it wouldn't be like this, regardless of production of the position. If it it's because of the narrative we talked about with Tua that I think that the receiver does get some love in this sense. Now, I think Tyreek probably is one of the top five most valuable players in the NFL, but it's always a quarterback because 
you just cannot match their level of importance on a snap by snap basis. I worry though that the two votes will that they'll cannibalize each other. You know that that would be a shame, and you know, I, I suppose they could cannibalize each other, but like. The thing is, every top quarterback has a guy like that. Like, it's you don't post these numbers unless you have a premier guy. And so hopefully, you know, we get to that point of the year. Hopefully the Dolphins go in the beat KC and they get a big win in Buffalo. And the narrative maybe shifts a little more to where it doesn't turn out like that. The Dolphins can win this weekend. That is a fun, long flight home from Germany. Could be 7-2 and two going into the going into the, the bye. And then what's a very favorable schedule. I think the next <laughs> five like, games... On, you know, before the final three, which are very tough. Travis, tell everybody how they can hear you, of course, this weekend and also listen to the podcast. Yeah, appreciate you having me as always. The Drive Time Podcast, five days a week. We just put, uh, produced the Chiefs preview where I went crazy this week and watched every Kansas City game because I cannot wait for this one. And like my good friends Zaslow here, I believe the Dolphins have a great chance to find victory in this one and make us all very happy for two weeks. So Drive Time Podcast, five days a week, post-game show on I, the iHeart app, 105.9 FM and 9.40 AM here in South Florida. And then just on Twitter, firing off tweets at Winfield NFL every day, uh, talking about how cool this team is to cover. Great job, Travis. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you here. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Excellent job by Travis Wingfield. He is not in Germany. I mean, you, you were able to tell you, you know, from us discussing how they're practicing in the future, every day. He is not in Germany. He's watching it from here, just like all of us are. But excellent job there from Travis Wingfield. Uh, he loves the Dolphins. Anyway, we all love the Dolphins. What am I talking about? He loves the Dolphins. Anyway, before we get to mailbag here, guys, I've been telling you about sheets and giggles for a while now. And that's because if you're a listener of Zaslow Show 2.0, I want to make sure you're getting the best sleep of your life. And that includes sleeping on the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets out there. Sheets and Giggles. Go to SheetsGiggles.com, and when you use promo code Zazlo, you get 20% off your first order at checkout. Promo code Zazlo, Z-A-S-L-O-W, at SheetsGiggles.com. Plus, you got the annual fall sale going on right now. 25% off all throughout the website. But remember, your first order, SheetsGiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlo, 20% off at checkout. You can get the eucalyptus sheets, the pillowcases, the blanket, the comforter. You could you could buy a eucalyptus mattress. A koala sleeps on a eucalyptus tree up to 18 hours a day. You know how you know how long a koala, you know how long you would sleep on a eucalyptus mattress then? You're gonna find out. Go to sheetsgiggles.com. You'll never sleep better with the coolest, softest, most breathable eucalyptus sheets you've ever slept on. And it's one less thing to worry about. You know where you're getting your sheets from every time when you go to SheetsGiggles.com. Let's get to Zaslow Show 2.0 mailbag. So every Thursday, I send out a note on social media. I'll take some questions from you guys. It could be on anything, virtually anything. We don't shy away from anything. Doesn't have to be sports. And we answer them today on the program. So here we go. Let's get things started. This question here is from Michael. Michael asks, Zaslow. What can the Heat do other than play Kyle Lowry? I mean, I already told you, he's running around out there getting cardio, which of course he needs, but he's not doing anything in 30 minutes. So what can they do other than play Lowry? Coach Spolster's not stupid. I mean, he he knows Lowry's not giving them anything, but maybe it feels like they're just biding their time until they could wind up trading him in the middle of the season 
because he is not helping them out there. And maybe it feels like the effect on the team as far as morale goes or the pain in the ass that Lowry would likely be if he would either A, move to the bench again, or B, got significantly less minutes. Like the negative there would outweigh the positives of him not playing as much. But at the same time, maybe the Heat are trying to showcase him a little bit to try and get another team to take him and trade. I don't know. So what can they do other than play Lowry? I know Josh Richardson was terrible last night, but I'd much rather see Josh Richardson on the floor there instead of Kyle Lowry. All right, next question. Brenda asks Zaslow, tell me what's wrong with the Heat. We're a terrible offense right now. We shoot in the low 40s. Tyler Hero is the only guy right now who could consistently score. I think Jimmy Butler looks like he's playing in the preseason. Jimmy Butler not playing in the preseason. I think it's hurt this team. They're going to wind up being fine, but are they digging themselves a hole that they can't get out of? And now at 1-4, and four, I mean, we know the Eastern Conference, especially the very top of the Eastern Conference, is really good. Are the Heat, can they rely on another miracle run in the postseason to get to where they want to get to? I don't think that's a good bet. That If you're trying to make that bet, I don't think it's a good wager. Right now, this is a bad offense, and the guys who they were counting on being uh, big-time additions have not been that. Next question, Bobby. Bobby's asking, we got a couple questions, actually, about Amber today. Bobby asks, Zaslow, when the hell is Amber Wilson back on the air? All right, I assume you're talking about ESPN Radio, Amber and Ian, every weeknight on ESPN Radio, 7 to 10 p.m. She has hardly worked the last three weeks. She has not worked yet this week. She is working tonight and tomorrow night, presumably, unless she calls out, she's got to go on vacation again somewhere. I mean, who the hell knows where she's boating to? But with the World Series with Major League Baseball and the playoffs over with, your girl is back on every night from 7 to 10 p.m. So you'll be able to hear her tonight. There you go. If you want to see her, she's been doing some updates on social media recently. You can go check her out. All right. Next question is from Saul. Saul asks, Zaslow, who needs Sunday's game more, Chiefs or Fins? Great question. I answered this yesterday. And you can make the case that it's the Chiefs, especially because with the Chiefs, both teams are on a bye after this week. Then the Chiefs come back and they face Philadelphia. If you're Kansas City, you need this game because you don't want to go into that game trying to avoid a three-game losing streak. You can make that case. But the answer to who needs this game more is the Dolphins. While the Chiefs never have to win a road game in the playoffs, you're not going to doubt that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs can win a road game in the playoffs. The Dolphins, it's not even just about winning the AFC East anymore. You got all four division leaders in the AFC, 6-2. and If you want to win the AFC number one spot, the Dolphins have to win the game this weekend. And if they want to get to the Super Bowl, we have seen the Dolphins in Hard Rock Stadium are a different team than whatever kind of cold weather they would have to play in end of December, early January. This game means more for the Dolphins. Saul's got a two-part question. Next Next up, what would you main event Royal Rumble with? Now, I'm going to Royal Rumble. I'm very excited. I'm taking my son. We're going to have a great time. It's in St. Petersburg, Tropicana Field. I know that place is a dump, but we're going to have a great time. Anyway, what would I main event Royal Rumble with? I mean, I, I, I assume you're saying, you know, Roman Reigns defending the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. Well, he's already facing LA Knight here. I mean, ah, 
I'd love to see, and, and they're not going to do Cody at Royal Rumble. If anything, they would do Cody versus Reigns again at WrestleMania. So who do I want to see Roman defend his title against at Royal Rumble? This is a great question. Who are the, oh man. I mean, I, I'd like to see Jay get another shot, especially since he got screwed last time. You know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with Kevin Owens. I'm going to go with Kevin Owens getting another crack at Roman Reigns. I'd like to see that. Yes, I'd like to see Kevin Owens. He's now on SmackDown. I'd like to see Kevin Owens get another crack at Roman Reigns. How about that? All right. Next question is from Luke. Zaslow, will the Heat be a playing team again this season? I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to get crazy about the one and four start. So I'm gonna, it's, it's only five games in the season. Every team at some point is going to lose four out of five. So I'm going to stick with what I had originally thought, which is this is a top five Eastern Conference team. So I'm going to go, no, the Heat will not be a playing team once again. Next question, this is from Jay Smooth. And he says, Zazlo, as good a coach, as good as Coach Spo is, how come Mickey Harrison and Pat Riley don't do a better job at finding and signing either talented or superstar players? Why have the best coach in the league coaching mediocre players or simply guys who just don't got it? What is the real deal here? Well, look, I, I brought this up with, with Justin Termini yesterday from SiriusXM NBA Radio, where as far as signing the good players, without getting into all this, all the, you know, minutia of salary cap details with you here, they can't just go out and sign anybody they want. And when it comes to signing big-time players, big-time players aren't hitting free agency anymore. Big-time players are free agency is essentially while you're under contract, you're just not happy anymore. And it was easier for the Heat to sign a player who wanted to be there, like Jimmy Butler. He was a free agent and ended up being a sign-and-trade, but when you're trading for a player, okay, the player can want to be there, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard especially, but then you also have to get the team to trade him to you. So recently, especially the Lillard situation, Riley's hands are tied. Uh, as far as Mickey Harrison and the money, I think it's a major misnomer. They are top 10 in the league right now in spending. They have the ninth highest payroll in the NBA. I think it's a major misnomer about Mickey Harrison being cheap. Uh, Nick's Hex, Zaslow. I say Tyler Hero's a problem because his points are empty and come at the expense of the offense as a whole. Zaslow, what do you say to that? I, I don't agree that the points are empty. I know that was going to be a narrative a couple nights ago when the team lost to at Milwaukee. Or what do you, I think he had 30 points that night also. He had 30 points last night. And everyone's going to say it doesn't matter. It's, they were empty points. I certainly don't think they were empty points last night. I mean, Tyler Hero right now looks like the only guy on the team because Jimmy, Jimmy skipped preseason. Tyler right now looks like the only guy on the team who is dependable on offense. Tyler's been fantastic so far. And finally, uh, Big Will. I told you, we got a couple questions about Amber here. Big Will is, says, Zaslow, other than the great Amber Wilson, who is your favorite ESPN personality to work with? Now, I should mention, I'm hosting ESPN Radio Game Day again this Sunday, 1 to 5 p.m. with Mike Tannenbaum and Herm Edwards. They're great. They make it easy. I, I've I've done shows with a bunch of, I mean, probably like 10 different people at this point. And while he's a regular host, I, I, I filled in for Amber one time on Joe and Amber. And so I'll, I'll say him. 
I think Joe Fortenbaugh has been my favorite to work with. It was only one time, but I found Joe to be super easy, super fun. There's been a bunch of guys that I've really enjoyed working with. I really enjoyed working with Goldhammer. I've done, I think, three shows with Aaron Goldhammer. My, my former uh, uh, mortal enemy in Cleveland. I've really enjoyed working with Goldhammer. I really enjoyed working with Mark Zinno. Uh, I, I really enjoyed working with Braden Gall. I mean, there's, there, there's, there's, uh, there's several that I've really, really... Uh, Matt Jones. There's several I've really worked, enjoyed working with. Obviously, Amber, by far my favorite. But probably, yeah, probably Fortinball was, uh, would be my favorite that I've worked with so far. But again, that's not a slight on anybody. I've really enjoyed all the shows I've done. But if you're making me pick a favorite, I gotta be honest. We're always honest on Zaslow Show 2.0 Mailbag. And that right there is another edition of Zaslow Show 2.0 Mailbag. All right, all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0, of course, brought to us by Johnny Cuba. That's how we're going to enjoy. We got the Panthers tonight. We got Thursday night football. I'm on the couch in the Zaslow Mansion family room. I'm sitting there in my underwear. You know how I roll. I got a Johnny Cuba on my hands. Go pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco, Imas. Always drink responsibly, and don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra. Stay tranquilo. Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports fantasy football expert, joins us here as week nine gets going tonight. Titans and Steelers. Before we get to all that, Jamie, uh, any surprise on the, the deadline day? Did anything catch your eye that you weren't expecting? Um, nothing really that I think wasn't expected. I thought there might be a little bit more traction for some of the veteran you know, offensive players. You know, I thought maybe Derrick Henry could get moved. I guess the Will Levis experience maybe changed their mind a little bit. Um, along with that, Ryan Tannehill, you know, you thought maybe he was going to get moved also just because of Levis and, and the ability that he showed. But for the most part, though, you know, it's very it's not like the NBA or Major League Baseball where you get these guys going uh, of the big name variety. You know, you got some of the bigger name defensive guys specifically from Washington. But for the most part, though, it's typically a quiet deadline. Most of the trades that happen, the big ones happen usually leading up to the Tuesday trade deadline day. How about Josh McDaniels? Were you surprised there? I mean, the middle of the second season of a six-year deal. Yeah, it was a little surprising. You know, you, you would thought uh, you would have thought that um, a coach of his caliber, the deal that was struck, that it would be an end-of-season firing. But, you know, based on the, the stories that I've read the last couple of days, you know, they kind of gave it to the trade deadline. And you look at the, the losses that they've had, you know, public showing Monday Night Football getting blasted by the Lions, uh, losing to Tyson Bajan and the Bears. You know, those are bad losses, and, and and they've had a few of them, probably way too many for what Mark Davis was looking at. So you get a little bit of a head start on the, on the coaching hire process, the GM hire process. You have a little discovery time now for the quarterback situation, and then we'll see how it all shakes out. But it's been a really, really frustrating experience for the Raiders the last couple of years. Will he ever be a head coach again? I'd be shocked. You know, I mean, you know, once you go through it twice and you don't have success, you know, it's hard to come back, you know, even if you're still part of the good old network, you know, but – um, I, I think he'll end up probably as a coordinator. You know, you wonder if Bill Belichick goes that route again because they've had a lot of success together. But at this point, looking at what Josh McDaniels has done, failed in Denver and, you know, the stories that came out of that, now the, the situation in Las Vegas, it, it'd be very shocking if another team gave him a head, a head coaching job in the NFL. All right, let's get to it here. Week 9, Tennessee, Pittsburgh tonight. Let's get some help setting our fantasy football lineups. Titans, Steelers, what do you think? I'm excited to see what Will Levis does for an encore. You know, it's it, it's always something when a guy comes in and has that type of success, 
and sort of shocks not just the opponent, but shocks the league. You know, four touchdowns, three of them to DeAndre Hopkins. He did his job, you know, put the ball out where your best receiver can make some plays. There were some flaws, but obviously a lot more pluses than minuses. But now you got to go play a big boy defense. You know, you got to go into Pittsburgh on a primetime game. And so there, they're, now they're going to be ready. They're getting a big piece back on their defense with Cam Hayward coming back in the middle of that defensive line. They are down Mika Fitzpatrick, so that's a plus for uh, the Titans. But this is going to be a low-scoring game. I would ha- I'd rather have Levis on my bench than be starting him. Uh, Derrick Henry is really the only must-start guy for the Titans. Still Hopkins, a borderline starter. I just don't think you rush him back just because he has a three-touchdown day. For Pittsburgh, it's kind of the same things at this point. You know, I think Deontay Johnson, you give him a slight edge over George Pickens. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren are borderline starters at best. Uh, there really isn't a lot to love about this. I think the Steelers' defense is probably the best play. I'll get right back to the conversation here in a second, but if you're in the market for a new car, maybe you can't decide where to go, hey, that's not a problem. I'm sending you to the only car dealership I personally endorse. Yeah, we're talking North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you're going to see the widest inventory of newest Subaru models on the market. Whatever you're looking for, maybe you're looking for something spacious, an SUV for the family, maybe you're just looking for a Subaru sedan for your daily commute. Whatever you're looking for, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is sure to have the perfect model for you. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, we're talking the North Fort Lauderdale Subaru promise. That's guaranteed most money for your trade. Three-day exchange policy. You're out the door 90 minutes or less after you say yes. 100% credit approval. Lifetime vehicle warranty. You could shop right now. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road. The building you know and the place to go. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Dolphins and Chiefs. Germany, 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning. Let's hear it, Jamie. I got to tell you, I I think the Dolphins did the smart thing. They went out early, you know, and we've seen that with some of the London games this year where, like the Jaguars, for example, they stayed out there. They were fresh. You know, the teams that went out early have typically had a little bit more success. And so the Chiefs don't seem to be happy about this. You know, they're the team that's losing the home game. Um, I would not be surprised if the Dolphins surprised them. So it's going to be a high-scoring affair. You know, I I think the fact that the Dolphins are getting healthier on the defensive side is, is huge. You know, getting Ramsey back, you know, Howard may play. That's that's big. The offensive line may get healthy as well, you know, if Toronto Armstead plays. So a lot working in the Dolphins' favor. And then for the Chiefs, you know, they're down a couple linebackers right now, which could really help Raheem Mostert. Obviously, he's going to help Tua. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the Dolphins, you know, the four main guys. Tua, the two receivers, and Mostert must start guys. And then for the Chiefs, it's Mahomes, it's Kelsey. It's Rashi Rice in the three-receiver league. He's done some nice things, a rookie wide receiver. And then Isaiah Pacheco, it's time to really give him a lot more credit than he deserves, than he's, than he's been getting. Uh, he deserves to be, you know, must-star guy if you haven't been doing so already. So even though the Dolphins' defense is getting healthy, they got Jalen Ramsey last week. The Chiefs are coming up a game they just scored nine points. You you think this is a high-scoring affair? I think you know again, what we see from Mahomes. You know, go back two weeks ago, going against the Chargers, which that defense has been playing well. You know, I have a feeling they were looking ahead, and you know they had beaten the Broncos what twelve straight times. You know, it, it was kind of like. They were sleepwalking. Mahomes had the flu. You know, everything just looked like you throw it out the window for that game. You know, they know all the hype. He knows what's on the other side. You know, Tyree Kill saying Tua Tungavaloa is the most accurate quarterback he's ever played with. Kelsey going to Germany. You know, all, all the hype that's going to be with the Swifties overseas. You know, there, there's a lot on the Chiefs' plate right now. They do have their Bobby coming up. So do the Dolphins. I think we're going to see an offensive show. You know, as, as much as the Dolphins' defense is getting healthier, you still have to stop Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. That's not easy to do. We finally got the big Hill, Waddle, simultaneous big games last week. I think it continues, you know, and, and Waddle's been on the cusp a few times. 
You know, he had the back injury a couple games ago. Um, I, I think he's just been a little unlucky, you know, had some touchdowns, you know, that should have gone in his direction. Look, Tua's locked in right now. And, and, and I think, you know, this Chiefs defense has been awesome. You know, as much as their offense, we've talked about this a few times, as much as their offense has been great this year, I think their defense has been better. But they're missing a couple key guys, you know, no Bolton. Uh, looks like a couple of the linebackers banged up right now. So the secondary is really good. You know, Carlyftis has played well. Uh, obviously, Chris Jones is a force in the middle. So they're going to get after Tua. As long as he doesn't make mistakes, I think, again, the Dolphins will put up points in this team and on this defense. Jamie, it's normally a quarterback award, the MVP. We're at the midway point of the season. And Tua is obviously an MVP candidate. But Tyreek Hill is on pace for a 2,000-yard season, even through 16 games, which has never been done before in league history. So how do you balance an MVP vote between Tua and Tyreek? So if Ty, if Tua gets the 5,000 yards, it's hard to take it from him. But did he get to, to 5,000 yards because Tyreek got to 2,000? So I would guess, based on how, te- how, how the voting will go, and we talked about this, I think, a couple weeks ago, it's more, I think, of the negative Tua slant. Not that they'd be slanting him in this regard. It'd be just, I think, more praising Tyreek Hill as opposed to praising Tua. So I would guess if, if Tyreek gets to 2,000 yards, he is such a defensive nightmare that what he does changes how you have to play them. I mean, go back to week two and what Belichick did. He said, I'm not going to let Tyreek beat us. You never see teams say, I'm giving up the run, and they gave up the run. And so as much as Tua is a benefit to what Tyreek is doing, clearly because he's not getting 2,000 yards without his quarterback, if he does get 2,000 yards, I think Tyreek is the MVP. Give me some uh, give me some sneaky good plays, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Quarterback, there's a lot of them because the position is absolutely ravaged with injuries. He got four you know, pretty good quarterbacks on a bye this week. So uh, take your pick. My favorite is Derek Carr. I uh, like the setup against the Bears coming off three straight 300-yard games. Sam Howell's coming off a huge surprise game against the Eagles, and he was only sacked once, so that's big for him. Uh, Gardner Minshew, I think, has a big game against the uh, the Panthers, so I like those three guys there. And don't be surprised if Mac Jones has a decent game against the, the Commanders. They just lost clearly two pass rushers. Uh, one of my favorite receivers for this week is DeMario Douglas, the rookie receiver for the Patriots. Running back is tough, but, you know, I think you look at Probably somebody like Kareem Hunt has been on a lot of people's benches. Um, he's actually been very good the last three weeks. And even though Jerome Ford is healthy, I think he's got an opportunity here to play well this week. Uh, Rashad White, I know he's been sort of in and out of starting lineups. He's been great as a pass catcher the last two games. So I'd like the setup for him as they take on the Texans. Um, if you're desperate, Justice Hill. I know Gus Edwards sort of taking over the lead role there for Baltimore, but uh, it's hard to run on Seattle. They just got Leonard Williams at the trade deadline, and Justice Hill's been their pass catcher. I think this is a, a passing game for the Ravens more so than a running game. So I like the setup for Justice Hill in a deeper league. And who uh, who been some of the big waiver wire pickups this week? Um, you know, you're looking at Carr, you're looking at Minshew, you're looking at Howell. Uh, a lot of these guys in two quarterback leagues is really tough. Super flex leagues is really tough to find these guys. So Clayton Toon and um, Tyson Vagent was getting picked up, you know, so it, it, it's tough for those type of formats. But uh, there weren't a lot of great running backs or, or wide receivers beyond you. Jahan Dodson's coming off 18 targets his last two games, had over 100 yards receiving for the commanders. So he should be picked up across the board. And a lot of tight ends, really. It's been a good couple weeks for tight ends. Trey McBride now is the guy for the Cardinals without Zach Ertz there. Uh, they actually lead the NFL in tight end targets as a team. And Ertz, again, gone. We just saw 14 targets for, for McBride. And I think he's going to especially when Tyler Murray comes back. So between him, uh, you had David Njoku who's been playing well. You got Logan Thomas playing well. It's actually a pretty good time to get some tight ends. And finally here, Jamie, uh, who, the injury reports, who are we keeping an eye on? So you got a couple quarterbacks that we're looking at. Stafford's the biggest one, just because if he's out, it's tough to say, okay, I'm fully confident in Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. These guys have been clearly great. 
Uh, Deshaun Watson's going to try and play. That would help the the, the Cleveland offense. Um, it really isn't a bad week for injuries, though. Uh, we're keeping an eye on Josh Palmer. You know, we'll get the injury report for the Chargers today because they play Monday night. You know, he's been a good fantasy option, but a tough you know situation against the Jets. But if he is out, Quentin Johnson, the rookie receiver there, if he's going to play. Uh, thankfully, though, we're not dealing with a lot of injuries that we don't know about. So that's been a good thing so far for this week. Awesome job, as always, Jamie. Tell everybody how they can hear you heading into tonight's game and, of course, this weekend. Check us out, cbssports.com, CBS Sports HQ. Uh, our Fantasy Football Today podcast is the best in the business. You can watch us on our YouTube page as well. And, uh, of course, you can always follow me on Twitter. So, hopefully, getting those lineups right, getting close to playoff time. You know, we're hitting that, that stretch run. So, want to make sure those lineups are good. So, check us out, cbssports.com. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk to you next week, man. You got it, man. Thank you. Great job by Jamie. Hope everybody is set for this weekend. He's right. We're, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. We're getting down to almost playoff time here. Week 9 fantasy football gets going here tonight. So hopefully he helped you out. You guys know what time it is. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So we found out last night, all-time great college basketball coach, Indiana, a little bit of Texas Tech, a little bit of Army. Bob Knight passes away yesterday, 83 years old. Uh, That's a big deal. Super controversial, obviously, what he accomplished on the courts. He was an innovator in those early days with Indiana with his motion offense. Uh, You you can't take away from the success he had and the type of basketball coach he was, but obviously the way that he treated people, some of his methods, they didn't fly back then, all right? They certainly wouldn't fly in 2023. So a complicated legacy that Bob Knight leads behind. And and here's a, you know, a great clip of Bob Knight in the past. Cajun just got moved right out of position and gave up uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of points. I uh, feel that uh, we, we just haven't. Uh, I mean, I'm really disappointed in the, in the, of course, in the fucking progress that we've made. God damn it. Fuck this show. Take this fucking show and forget it. Forget fucking fast. Big deal or not a big deal? Last night, the Lakers, the Lakers finally, big brother, finally got a win over little brother. 130 to 125 over the Clippers. The story, though, is LeBron. LeBron James, in overtime, played 42 minutes, 35 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists. He was amazing. And here's, like, look, this is a big deal. And I got a couple things that I'm taking away from this game. Number one, Michael Jordan for me is greatest of all time. But if you're going to make a case for LeBron being the greatest of all time, what he is doing right now, I think, has to play a major role. At his age, the numbers he's putting up, what he's doing, the dominance still at 38 years old. If you believe that LeBron James is the greatest of all time, I feel like that has to be why you believe he's the greatest of all time. Not necessarily because he was actually a better player than Michael Jordan, but because the longevity and being able to perform at the level that he is at this age for this long, that to me would be the argument to make for him being the greatest of all time. The second thing that I noticed from last night's game, so you had Bronny in the stands, He's cheering. He's jumping up and down for his dad. Really cool. I mean, he's a teenager. He's 18. He's in college. We've never seen that before. 
And what I mean by we've never seen that before, there are not many players who, A, play to the age that LeBron is playing at, 38 years old, and B, play... There's never anyone, it's so rare, that are playing at the level that he is. And then on top of it, did they also have a, a child at a young enough age where they could be a teenager, be the age of someone like Bronny James, to be at games and witnessing their father playing like this. Like, I, I was watching him jumping around and cheering on his head. Like, I've never seen that before. Normally, the players, the great players, their kids are young. LeBron's kid is in college. And, and watching him perform at this level, that really stood out to me how unique that scenario is. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Last night, Game 5, the World Series. Baseball's over for the season. The Texas Rangers, they win the World Series. Told you guys about that already. The Rangers win the World Series for the first time ever. And the voice of the World Series on ESPN Radio, my man, Boog Shambi, he had the final call. Here it comes. In there! And that does it! History in the desert! The Texas Rangers, for the first time ever, are World Series champs. And the celebration begins third base side of the mound. The dog pile as they jump up and down out of the dugout, out from the bullpen in right field. The Rangers celebrate. The Texas Rangers are World Series champs. That's a big deal. Excellent job by Boogie. And finally, big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday on First Take, it's my favorite day of the week for First Take Wednesdays because Chris Mad Dog Russo is on every Wednesday. And here he is yesterday. He's very angry that the Dolphins and Chiefs, not only is it a 930 game on Sunday in Germany, but he, he feels he can't skip the game because it's such a great game, Dolphins and Chiefs in Germany. He usually has got other things going on on a Sunday morning. On Sunday morning, and top that, I go to church on Sunday. I take Molly Musso out the brunch with Roger Sherman. I can't watch that dopey game. I don't want to, but Roger put me in a tough spot. I got to pray to my God. I can't be praying to Mahomes and Dua. That is number two. <laughs> I gotta pray to my What's God. So funny? He's gotta pray to his God. I'll tell you what, though, it's a big deal because, like I said, normally those games, you know, out there overseas, it's Jacksonville against whoever the fuck. This is as big a game we've had all year. Dolphins. I'm not saying biggest game we've had as Dolphin fans. It's as big a game the NFL has had all year, and it's 9:30 a.m. East Coast, 6:30 a.m. West Coast. That's a big deal, and that right there is another addition. A big deal. Or not a big deal. Yes. All right. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks to everybody who listened to us. Make sure you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that good stuff. Tonight we got Thursday night football. I got to catch up on some AEW Dynamite from last night. We're recording tonight a, a, a bonus episode of It's Still Real to Me. You want to make sure you check that out. That's my wrestling podcast. WWE Crown Jewel, Jewel is this Saturday afternoon. So we're going to do a Crown Jewel preview tonight we're gonna live stream that so you want to make sure you check into that that's gonna be a lot of fun thanks everybody helped put together a great show today we'll talk to you on zaslow show 2.0 tomorrow know what that means
Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.